At least you don't look naked. I'm your hoist. I'm your hoist. I'm your hoist. I'm your hoist. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Morale Podcast, where we do our three favorite things. We talk a little bit of booze, a little bit of beer, and a whole lot of basketball. I'm your host, Ethan, and joining me again from Portland is Mitch. Hey, what's up, everyone? He's back. He's back again. I am back. You can't get rid of me. I might travel across the world, but I am still going to be on this podcast. <laughs> well, we uh, a lot has happened in the last, uh, what, six hours. The NBA season has started, if you haven't noticed. Um, Basketball excited. is back, baby. Oh, could not be more excited. We had two games happen tonight. We are pre-recording this right, right now. We watched the Nets take on the Warriors earlier today, and then... The Lakers Clippers is currently in the fourth quarter as we speak. So we're doing a little pre-record and then uh, we'll, what we're talking about today, we're going to deep dive into these two games, talk what happened, kind of just talk about the season starting up. And then we're going to break down the Christmas day games a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I am excited, but first I'm ready to talk about our drink of the day and that is a hot toddy. So we're going a little bit different this time. We said that we're going to focus more on like Christmas drinks. So it's actually more of a general Christmas like drink as opposed to a specific type of whiskey or brandy or rum or whatever. And this time it's going to be the hot toddy. If you do not know what a hot toddy is, it's effectively warm water, Add a little whiskey or a little rum or honestly, whatever you want usually goes best with whiskey. In my opinion, I like to put like a little lemon on it. I like to put a little cinnamon stick in it. I didn't have a cinnamon stick this time. So I just like sprinkled a little bit of a uh, ground cinnamon in there. And it is one of my favorite Christmas drinks, Ethan. I'm, I'm all here for putting more water in my whiskey. That's so. <laughs> always always a good thing in the Ethan bracket. Any, any way we could get more water into the whiskey I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, it's so um we both put a little bit of white Christmas rum and brandy in it. Uh it's just happened to be what mom had the shelf. Ethan went and grabbed it for himself. And uh it's I think that it's just it's nice. I like it. I, I'm, we're gonna make our uh homemade eggnog with it on Christmas. So I'm not allowed to drink all of it tonight was oh. what I was told by mom. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer, but I really, I really love it. And uh, by the end of the podcast, we can talk a little bit about what we think about it. Yes. And uh, just going, going into the, what we're going to talk about today, dude, basketball, we had games today, real like, hasn't, NBA hasn't basketball games. <laughs> they actually happened today unfortunately uh you had you guys got stuck working with some tcu games today so you didn't get to watch as much as you probably hoped but i have been sitting on the couch doing nothing but watching basketball and it has been glorious uh well unfortunately the first game was kind of a bit of a trouncing the nets walked all over the warriors and we'll get into more uh on that in a little bit but then we got the lakers and the uh, Clippers going on as we speak. Currently, it's a close game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it is. So it's a close game. The Clippers were just absolutely just destroying the Lakers in the first quarter. They're up 20 points, and the Lakers totally just looked lost. New team, um, no chemistry. 
and you could kind of tell that they didn't exactly know what the systems were going into it. But I think as the game went on, the talent just kind of started to show. They are still down nine points here with about seven minutes left right now. But it's looked like the Clippers game all game, pretty much. Yeah, the Clippers seem to be in control. They've held at least a you know seven to nine point lead for most of the second half now and just seem to be just every time the Lakers make a run to make it close, the Clippers fire back and extend their lead. Yeah. And the thing that I thought was the most interesting thing about this game when it tipped off was the fact that Nicholas Batum is starting for the Clippers. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. Start Luke Kennard and be a normal team, please. Okay, but I think I know why. So it's really random, right? Because he was just waved off the Hornets and he had like a stink on him. Like no one wanted to have much to do with Nicholas Batum because he had this huge contract and really did not live up to it at all. Got waived in his last year here by the Hornets. They stretched him out. We can talk about that in the other podcast. I didn't love that. But so he's a free agent and the Clippers are like, oh yeah, we'll take you too. But if you look at their starting lineup, they now can put, they now can like comfortably start Patrick Beverly and not use him as the main facilitator. Cause that's actually what Nicholas Batum does best is he's a playmaker. He's an average three point shooter. He's an average defender. Like he's long and he's lanky and he's relatively quick, but he's not because you're shut down defender, but he does make the right pass. And he is a really good playmaker. And I watched a lot of Nicholas Batum pre Charlotte Hornets when he was with the Blazers. And I actually think that this is turning out to be a really good fit for them. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that he's starting. We talked a lot about the, the Clippers needing a playmaker, needing someone that can, you know, create the offense and just get other people good looks. And we talked a lot about that being Luke Kennard, but it looks like they found that guy in Nicholas Batum. Yes, exactly. And I think that they're going to use Kennard more on the second unit and they are going to allow him to do some playmaking and he's going to kind of bounce. He, at least so far in this game, he's bounced back and forth with playing with Kawhi and Paul George in the first unit and then playing with Lou Will and Zubac in the second unit, mainly with the second unit, but he has spent a decent amount of time playing with Kawhi and Paul George. So I think that they're going to allow him to kind of bounce back and forth. And if it works out that he is just a better fit, you can bench Nicholas Batum and not sweat. You know what I mean? Like he's not one of these guys that's going to demand a starting role. I think Batum was just happy to be on a contending team and then just happened to fit a particular role that fits in their starting lineup. So I think that that is the canard thing I think is going to work out because they just paid him. So they're going to have to play in minutes. Yeah. I mean, paying canard and uh, Marcus Morris about 16 mil a year a piece and not starting either of them. That's a, that's an interesting move by the Clippers, but Hey, they're beating the Lakers. So uh, it's working so far. Yes. And so the Lakers are starting to like, they're working it out a little bit. So they're down 13 here with six minutes left. I have an overreaction and an underreaction. Which one would you like to hear first? The overreaction. The overreaction. Okay. The overreaction is this team actually does not fit as well as we thought it was going into the, going into this season. We kind of just assume because they dominated in the playoffs last year that this team is just going to roll through everyone this year. Now, one caveat I'm going to throw out there is that the Clippers did kill the Lakers in the very first game of last season. So maybe not overreact too much, but if I was to overreact, I would say that 
they did not start Rajon Rondo. And now they're starting Dennis Schroeder next to LeBron. I don't think that that's going to be a terrific fit. Montrez Harrell wasn't actually that good. He was good because Lou Will made him amazing. So he's actually not going to be as efficient of a player as you thought he was coming in. Marcus All is a little bit washed. Wesley Matthews is a little bit washed. Kyle Kuzma is still an inefficient shooter. Like you're still relying on the likes of Taylor Horton, Tucker, Caruso, and Morris. How confident do you feel in those guys in, in this next year with another year underneath their belts? I don't know how great I feel about that. So if I'm to overreact about what is happening in tonight's game, is that maybe this Lakers team actually doesn't mesh as well as we thought. I, I will fire back at that. And I'm looking at the box score right now. Schroeder's got 14, 10 and six. That's yeah. five of 13, which isn't efficient, but he, it looks like he's fitting in well. Mantra's yeah, down 13. Well, Montrez Harrell's got 14 and 10 and five of six. So it's uh, it's not those guys that are playing well. It's Marc Gasol, zero points, not even taking a shot. And then da- Davis and LeBron have both like not shot the ball very much. Davis, seven for 14. LeBron, seven for 17. Whereas like you look at Kawhi Leonard took 25 shots. And so he's Dennis Schroeder is, is, Dennis Schroeder is five for 13 right now. Maybe he's a guy that's going to come in and take more shots than what he should. He might, I mean, but guys like Caruso, one for five, Morris, one, one for three, Matthews, zero oh for two, uh, Kuzma, three for eight. I mean, that's your bench unit not helping you out at all. Yes. So maybe this bench unit isn't that good. Maybe your supporting cast isn't as good as you thought it was going to be coming in because a lot of these guys are proven vets, but they're going to hit a decline at some point. And maybe this year is that decline. Now, that's let me under, now let me underreact. It doesn't matter at all. These guys have LeBron James on their team and they have Anthony Davis on their team. They're just coming off of a shortened offseason, the shortest offseason in professional sports history. They're not even trying right now. They could they could care less if they won the opening game or not. They really they I mean, they don't care. They really don't care about these first couple of games. They're going to make the playoffs just by sleepwalking through the regular season and then once the playoffs hit, they're going to go into turbo drive and they're going to win another championship because it just doesn't matter. So there's your overreaction and there's your underreaction. LeBron doesn't get out of bed unless it's like a game three of a series. Yeah. Yeah. He's still sleepwalking through game one. And by doing that, he's still doing like a triple double. (laughs) But again, just, just to talk about this based on the box score. And again, I didn't watch a ton of the game based on the box score, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard outplayed Anthony Davis and LeBron in this game. And that is why they're winning. Yes, absolutely. And I'll be honest, I haven't like been super impressed with Paul George. He had a uh, shacked in a fool moment. Uh, I think it was in the third quarter, second quarter, where Zubach is standing right next to him and he saw the referee standing in the corner wide open and he just passed it right to him. <laughs> <laughs> so still doing some Paul George stuff, some playoff P stuff. But uh, yeah, his stats tonight have been really, really good. 33 points, six boards, three assists on 13 of 18 shooting. Yeah, and that's still with four minutes to go in the game. Yes, I like Paul George. I'm gonna say I like Paul George. Paul George. No, I like I like I like messing with Paul George. I like hating like I like hating Paul George. But I I don't know. I I think that people have like started underrating him because of how bad he played in the playoffs. He's still a really good basketball player, top 15 player in the NBA. Yeah, I mean he's definitely still good at sport that he plays but <laughs> get I, at I, the basketball he needs to play well in the playoffs in order to wash the stink off of him before everyone's ready to forgive him 
It's very true. It's very true. Playing well in game one is not going to mean much. No, especially in a game one where, again, it doesn't matter. I want to go back to the Batum thing real quick. His stat line isn't like absurd, but it's three points, five rebounds, seven assists on one of four shooting with two steals. That is exactly what this team needs. He's not going to shoot the ball. He's just going to play decent defense. He's going to pass it to the open guy. There's not a lot of passing to the open guy on the Clippers last year. Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about it. We thought that was what Kennard was going to be, but I mean, maybe, maybe it is Batum. Maybe, I mean, Batum is at rock bottom right now. So any like contributing <laughs> basketball he can give, that's perfect because it's better than what we thought we were going to get from him. Yeah, exactly. I I wasn't totally positive that there was going to be a team to pick him up at like before the beginning of the season. And I think that he kind of just fell ass backwards into a perfect situation. Yeah. I mean, he just kind of stumbled his way in and we'll see how long he, he fits in the starting lineup, how long he stays there. I can see him you know, being a spot starter here and there, he could be one of those guys where he doesn't play, but when he does, he starts or he could be, you know, a starter for the whole season. I mean, I, we're only one game in, so we got some time to see, but it, it's an, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how they use him going forward. Yeah, for sure. I think the other thing that's going to be fun to watch is the uh, Zubach Lou will pairing because Zubach is an underrated um, screener and roller. And Lou Will is, as we know, is terrific running in the pick and roll. And so tonight, their dynamic has been really, really good. Lou Will is finding uh, Zubach wide open underneath the basket. Zubach has a really, really nice touch. And Lou Will's out there still doing Lou Will things. He's hit a couple, like, really contested corner threes and stuff like that. I mean, he's still a real, he's still really good. And I think that that that's included with Kennard is going to make their bench a lot better than of the other, like, top echelon Western conference benches. Yeah. Lou will Zubach, Marcus Morris, Kennard. That's, that's a good bench. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. And Reggie Jackson still too. And Reggie Jackson. Uh, another player that I want to talk about is uh, Serge Ibaka came out firing, had a very good first quarter um, from what I've read and just seemed to uh, kind of taper off there and kind of settle back in, but 13 points, five boards, four for six, two from three from beyond the arc. Um, just solid. Looks like he's got a block and a steal. Looks like a yeah. solid productive night. It's it's a classic Serge Ibaka night. And it's going to be a classic Serge Ibaka year where he plays for another contending team and he does nothing but make the right plays and be in the right spot. And like he's going to hit those open threes when Kawhi and Paul George attack the you know, attack the rim and then everyone collapses on him. He's just another option to shoot. I mean, I'd rather have him shooting an open three than Pat Bev at this point. So he's going to, he fits perfectly on that team. He can just stand there on offense and do him and then really be the try hard on defense that what he is, he's Serge Ibaka for a reason. And I think that that's really going to come out this year. He did. I mean, the first quarter, he was really great. He has kind of gone back to normalcy since, but I don't, I'm not expecting more from Ibaka than, like if he's averaging 15 points a game, God bless. That is awesome. I'm not expecting anything less than 10 and more than 15 from him. But if he can be right around that two blocks a game, be right around the 10 to 15 boards a game, then I'm getting everything and more that I wanted from Serge because he's going to, he fits. And I think the keys for me with this Clippers team is that it fits much better than last year's Clippers team did. Yeah. The puzzle seems to paint a better picture. Like the puzzles yes. are fitting easier. Um, yes, let's talk totally about agree. Let's talk about the game that happened earlier today, and that's the the welcome back party for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the not-so-welcome-back party for Steph Curry. 
Yeah, I wonder if Steph is looking around right now and just being like, what happened to my Warriors team? Like, where where did we fall? <laughs> he must feel like LeBron did in one of those finals when there was no one else and he's looking around like, oh, God, this is yeah. who I'm with. He's like, oh, okay, so maybe Ubre isn't very good. Maybe he was just a stat patter on the Suns. Ubre did not play well. Uber started off like oh for four. He had a he had a couple really sweet dunks, which is you know that's what Ubre does. He has a couple of really hard, powerful dunks, but he was inefficient to say the best. He yeah, was three, three for fourteen. Fourteen is tough. Is tough. Six points, seven boards, two assists, three for fourteen. Oh for six uh, from three point land. Not what you want to see from your uh, your starting. I guess he's a small forward, two guard, whatever you want to call him. But especially when he came out earlier this week and said, like, I can contribute just like Kevin Durant can. Kevin Durant had uh, 26 points, 10 for 16, and Ubre had six. Not yeah. good. Yeah, not, not good. I would be I would be really nervous if I was a Warriors fan right now. Now I will say that Draymond Green did not play in this game. And I think Draymond Green is a much bigger X factor into this season and what they can do than what people may even be given credit. Cause he is a little bit on the downhill right now. He's not the same Draymond Green that you saw in the finals four years ago, but he's still a guy that can like actually play make a little bit. And when I was watching the, when I was watching the game the whole time, I just felt bad for Steph Curry. He has to do everything on his own. Wiggins had some really nice defensive plays tonight. Ubre is a really a long athletic guy. He's going to be a good defender for them. But I am I'm really nervous about this team. I the way that they played tonight, it does not show anything to me that they should be a playoff team in the West. Yeah, it it was a dumpster fire. I mean, Wiggins, yes, you say he made some good plays, but four for sixteen, not very good. Thirteen points. I mean, it's all right, but it's not what you want again, out of no. someone you traded an all-star D-Lo for. Yes, exactly. Now, one of the silver linings of this game for the Warriors is James Wiseman. Their number two pick at the draft played pretty well. And not just on the, uh, he, he has good stats. So he finished with 19 points. He shot seven of 13. He, uh, he made one three, which was good. Um, and, ugly, but like, all looking jumper. It's an ugly looking jumper, but it goes in. Hey, who cares if it looks ugly? Sean Marion had one of the nastiest jumpers I'd ever seen. And as long as the ball goes in, that's all I care about. It's a bad, so it's a bad jumper, but it's like, it's fluid. It's ugly, but it's fluid. You know how there's some guys when they shoot, it's like kind of herky jerky and like their arms are all over the place. He has a fluid shot, even if it's kind of a nasty shot. Yeah, and it takes about three years to get it off it's a load the catapult. catapult yep load the catapult and just let her fly eventually <laughs> yeah i mean but look i don't think he's a guy that you want taking quick three pointers with a guy in your face if he can make an open three when he's wide open in the corner then awesome that is terrific but that's all that you expect is one maybe two three pointers from him a game but the fact that he put up 19 points and the thing i liked most about him watching him play tonight is that he like absolutely had a presence about them there's guys that you see on the floor that kind of get washed out and the game just kind of like washes over them you barely even notice that they were on the floor he was one of the guys that you could tell was confident in himself. He was confident when he was doing, he did not look lost on the courts. He definitely seems like the game is too fast for him as of right now, but as the game slows down, 
I think Wiseman is going to be a very, very good pickup for the Warriors out of this kind of mediocre draft. Yeah, I mean, there were there were some moments where he he flashed really well, and there were also some moments where he was like, ah, welcome to the league, rookie. I mean, he uh, he definitely just there were a couple times where he got the rebound and tried to push himself and just would ride, you know, just down the court sprinting, and I and I was like, well. You know, you have a Hall of Famer point guard who could really do that for you. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to go coast to coast, young guy. Uh, and all every time I saw it, I think I saw it three times. Uh, all three ended in turnovers, and it was like, all right, slowly roll it. That being said, like had had some good screen and rolls. His 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 ability to be open on the screen and rolls rolls is very um, mature for a rookie. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. he sees his angles very well. Yes. He sees the angles. He finds those like soft spots in the defense really well because he can not only if he, like there was a couple times like Joe Harris switched on him and they just lobbed it up over and he just like jumped up and got it. So he can like find like the mismatches, but also he's good at finding the soft spots in like the mid range and like because he has a nice little mid range jumper. So I think that he's going to be able to exploit a lot of the soft spots in the defense that Steph by himself with his own gravitational pull creates. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, again, plus minus isn't everything. We've talked about that a little bit before. Plus minus is a misleading stat, but Andrew Wiggins, minus 28. Steph Curry, minus 23. Oubre, minus 28. Pascal, minus 28. Wiseman, minus 10. So, like, that's by far in the starting lineup. Wow, that is actually really interesting because they don't have much in the way of big men behind him. I mean, they they played Looney a little bit and they played Chris a little bit, but I don't think either of them are – I think they definitely went with the right decision of going with Wiseman as their starting center. Cause I don't think they're going to get much out of Looney or Chris for the rest of the season. Yeah. And they're, and just to talk about their bench a little bit, their bench played awful all the way around. I mean, there's not anyone that I'm looking at here that is even worth mentioning. I mean, Chris had nine points, but he was four for 10. I mean, no one else had on the, off the bench had more than like five. It looks like in meaningful minutes, I had this muddler guy, but I think he played in garbage time. Yeah, he did. I mean, just the grand scheme of things. And then got to talk about Steph a little bit, just dealing with double team after double team and just tried to do what he could. But seven for 21, two for 10 from three, that's tough. He's kind of getting the old Damian Lillard treatment as far as like, you don't really have anyone else on your team that can shoot. So we're just going to double team you. We're going to double team you hard and every single time. And Steph is going to have to, because I mean, for better or for worse, like I love Steph, but he has always had Clay Thompson on his team during his superstardom. He's always had another guy who's like a top five shooter of all time who doesn't need the ball who fit perfectly next to him. He does not have that this year. He's got, he's got at best average shooters on his team. Like at best Wiggins and uh, Oubre and Draymond Green and Wiseman are average three-point shooters on any given night. So he's really going to have to learn like what is it going to have to take for him to fix this offense? Because it really is going to be all on him this year. I would not be surprised to see Steph put up several 50 and 60-point games this year because he's going to have to. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an inefficient year for Steph because he's going to be shooting a lot, but it's going to be a high high volume stats kind of year i will say 10 dimes tonight 20 points four rebounds 10 dimes is not a terrible stat line but from your hall of fame point guard you're 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 left looking for more yeah exactly especially when you shoot seven for 21 from the field and two for 10 from three like if you're the best shooter in the world just gonna have to be better it's plain and simple as that let's uh flip over here and talk about the nets though 
completely different story. I mean, welcome back, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, because they exploded tonight. Kyrie looked like the best basketball player in the world for the first quarter of this game. He had like 20, I think it was 20 points at the end of the first quarter. I think they were up 20 points at the end of the first quarter and just went into straight coast mode after that. I mean, they were, Kyrie ended up finishing with 26, Durant ended up finishing with 22, and they both looked really good, really comfortable. The system looked pretty like well run for the very first game with all of these new pieces. Fairly surprised that like it just, it just worked Everything they did worked. Everyone kind of bought into whatever their new role is on this team because everything shifts with the dynamic of adding a Kevin Durant, even though they have a lot of the same pieces they did last year. So it's, it's, it just looked, it looked really like it was beautiful basketball. Yeah. You got to give mad props to the coaching staff, to Steve Nash. And then you got to give mad props to Kyrie and KD too, because those guys are two of the best ISO scorers in the history of basketball. And there was more ball movement on this team that I think I'd seen in any KD Kyrie team. The ball yeah. moved beautiful. Absolutely. I think the thing that placates them the most is that it is an isolation based offense. So it's like a lot of pick and rolls. It's a lot of like, Hey, just like go break your guy down and go get to the hoop, which they're really good at. But it also encourages, we have so many shooters out on the perimeter that when you do break them down, you're going to get a double team kick out and then let's move the ball. And that's what I was seeing a lot of tonight. And I want to give a quick shout out to my dark horse six man of the year candidate, Karis Levert, who finished with 20 points, nine rebounds and five assists. My man. I, I, I am all about the Karis Levert. He is on my fantasy team. So I'm all for him <laughs> doing well. So I, I love the idea of him scoring 20 points off the bench, but yes, he came to play. Um, definitely looked real comfortable, kind of picked up where he left off in the bubble where he went off. And just kind of, it seemed like he kind of took ownership of the second unit. Yeah, no, he totally did. And that second unit is, is dangerous, man. I'm telling you. So Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, uh, uh, Landry Shamit, Jeff Green, and Torian Prince is pretty much your bench unit, but they always leave. It seemed like they always left either Durant or Irving or Dinwiddie on the floor. So they always had a playmaker on the floor, no matter what. So they had a lot of uh, staggering sort of lineups. And it just, it just looked good the whole time. They like, they didn't really let up the entire time because you never know with a Steph led team when they could just explode on any given quarter and they never let up. The defense was pretty solid. Like with a combination of Jared Allen and Deandre Jordan, you protect the rim and you rebound really well. It's just like, it, it doesn't seem like it has a lot of holes on this team. And I, I am much more bullish on this team after game one than what I was like, just projecting what it's going to look like. Yeah, and I have to say, DeAndre Jordan played really well, too. Four points, 11 boards, one assist, two for three, perfect DeAndre Jordan kind of night. 0 for two from the free throw line, so really a good DeAndre Jordan kind of night. But I just the way he moves, the way he helps on the defensive end, and the way he sets screens on the offensive side of the ball is just really, really impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, him and Jared Allen are going to be a great combo. As long as Jared Allen stays happy with the situation because I'm he just 
announced he's not going to sign the extension and he's going to go into restrict, restricted free agency. And I bet part of that is that he's a bench player right now, but if he stays happy and if this team like continues to build off of this and grow into a potential championship caliber team, they have the star talent, they have the reserves, they have playmaking, they have rebounding, they have defense, they have shot creation. Like they have everything on every level that you could possibly need. They have old vets. They have young guys. Like, I am really liking this Nets team right now. And I'm obviously it's game one. Let's not give them the championship yet, but it was like a lot of question marks coming into it and they made the Warriors look horrible. And I don't know if the Warriors are that bad or if the Nets are that good, but it's definitely a statement on the first day. It's probably a little bit of both, Mm -hmm. but I do think that the Nets came to play. They made a statement to the rest of the NBA. There was a lot of question marks around this team and they're after game one, a lot of questions at least so far have been answered. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, golf clap for the uh, the old Nets. Very proud of you guys. Very happy for you guys. Let's see what they look like here in the uh, the coming coming year. Really excited to watch them now. They're a new league pass team for me. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up the, the games that happened tonight. Let's take a break here and talk a little bit more about what we're drinking before we get into Christmas Day games. Yeah. All right. So a little bit more hot toddy. It's becoming a bit more of a lukewarm toddy at this point, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, But a fun, so a fun kind of history on it, according to Vine Pear, the hot toddy was originally created back in uh, the 1670s in uh, British India. And when they're like bringing all the spices back and whatnot in India, the like, the general term that they would use for alcoholic beverages of any sort with any mixer or whatever was toddy. They would call them toddies. So when the British came back with all their cinnamon, all their extra spices that they just got out of India, they went back to England and they warmed it up and put a whole bunch of spices in it just with straight with their whiskey. And they started calling them hot toddies. That is one theory. The other theory is that there is some random doctor in Ireland that just said, hey, warm up your whiskey and drink it when you have a cold. I like that one. <laughs> Those are the two that they, they said it's either one or the other. But yes, so it's, it is it is a, like a long kind of history. And I really love the hot toddy. It's like really cozy. Like you'll like curl out by the fire and like get like like your Christmas presents going and hanging out with people. It's kind of just like drinking a tea almost. Alcoholic tea. Alcoholic tea. It's the best. All right. I'm here for it. Here's the cold. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into some of these uh, Christmas day games. Uh, Before we get into that, we do want to mention that every other team in the NBA that weren't the four that played today do play I guess tomorrow, the day you're listening to this, they do play Wednesday, um, the 23rd. So there's a lot of basketball to be had the 23rd. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. If you got league pass and if you got a day off, sit on the couch, relax. I mean, you got basketball all day, multiple games going. It's going to be a very fun day of basketball. Go get you some league pass because it's, it's going to be good. It's gonna be some good stuff. Shameless league pass plug. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So Christmas day, it's always been a huge day in the NBA. A lot of people always, you know, the NBA is known as the sport on Christmas. They always have marquee matchups. They always have a primetime game. It's kind of just been a tradition, at least for a lot of basketball fans out there that Christmas day is dedicated to being with family, having a good time with Christmas, but there's also basketball too. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, it's one of the biggest traditions for me and my family is we just got basketball going all day during Christmas. Uh, it's all, you know, it's great. It's always the best games. It's the one day that they could snag away from football during the football season, except for this year, because the Vikings and the uh, Viking saints or something like that are playing. So it's not a football podcast it's a basketball podcast. Uh, but I, yeah, I am very excited and uh, they got some, I will say that I like the games that they pick, but I didn't love the games that they picked this year. I sure as hell don't love the games that they picked. <laughs> What, you're not excited to play against the Lakers? No, I'm not. I mean, yes, but also no. They just got their butt whooped, man. We could, couldn't they give us like the Knicks or something? Hot take. The Lakers aren't even that good, man. You're fine. <laughs> I forgot everything. <laughs> the sky is falling. That overreaction. Uh, let's, quick, yeah. let's quickly break down each one just real quick here and kind of uh, just what we're going to expect to see here. The first game at noon, Pelicans versus the Heat. Pelicans Heat, noon Eastern time game. You can see on ESPN, they have got the Heat winning this by five and a half points in Las Vegas. And if I, and I'm going to go with Vegas, I'm going to go with the Heat winning by more than five, five and a half points. I just, I, I think the Heat are coming off of, you know, being no pun intended, red hot in the playoffs. And uh, I think that they continue that going into the beginning of the season. I know they had a short off season, but I think that they're going to want to come out firing. They got some young guns on their team. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that there's too many um, new faces in New Orleans for them to come out firing on game one. They're going to have to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, totally. All right. Game two, uh, the Warriors who just got smacked in the Bucks, So they they don't get they don't get anything easier. Uh, 230 on ABC. They have the Bucks winning by seven and a half. What do you think? I've got the Bucks winning by like 20. <laughs> I I I. I need to see the Warriors prove something in this next game and actually fight against the Bucks because I'm willing to bet that the Bucks win this by like 10 or so. Yeah. I mean, you throw Drew Holiday at Steph and then you, I mean, cause Drew Holiday is one of the few guard defenders who could probably not need a double team on Steph. And yeah. then you, then you hope who scores, I guess, Wiseman maybe. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Rookie, go score on Giannis. Cause Steph really can't right now. Yeah, no, that is, I think that that is going to be a, a, a tough game for them, whether Draymond starts or not. All right, everyone open presents around 2.30 Eastern because there's not good basketball going on. Right yeah, then. yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's your time frame of bad basketballs right there. Go, go do something fun then. Uh, next game, uh, Nets and the Celtics, something I'm really excited to watch. Five o'clock on ABC. They have the Nets winning by two. Um. Whew. That one is close because I like I love the I love the Celtics. I love a lot of the stuff that they did in the offseason. Um, I'm gonna go with the Celtics. I'm sticking with kind of the home team trend right now. I think the Celtics at home, um, Tatum, I think is gonna just go off. I think that the Tristan Thompson ad was great. I think that they're gonna have a good solid bench led by Jeff Teague. I'm uh, I was just hyping up the Nets one second ago, but I think that in this particular game on Christmas Day, it's going to go for the Celtics. I, I will say I don't think the Celtics will have Kemba Walker. I think he's still recovering from uh, the knee surgery that he had, but I'm pretty sure. A very Kemba, good point. I, I'm pretty sure Kemba Walker will not be playing in this game, which is a, a major blow to the Celtics. That is a major blow to the Celtics, and it makes me want to reconsider, but I've already said what I said, so go Celtics. <laughs> All right, and then the 8 o'clock primetime on ESPN, Mavs-Lakers. They have the Lakers by 6.5, Mavs by 90. 
Mavs by 100. Um, okay, so they have the Mavs winning, or they have the Lakers, I'm sorry, winning this by six and a half points. Yeah. I, I, I think that the Mavs may lose, but I think it'll be within six and a half points. I think it's going to be a close game. I, it's another one where I think an injury is going to have a lot to say about it. We don't have uh, Chris Dapps Porzingis. And yeah. when they have this guy called Anthony Davis, uh, it's it's hard to guard Anthony Davis is what I hear. Word on the That's street the, is <laughs> the internet tells me that Anthony Davis is difficult to guard. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. I think I'm going to say that the Mavericks do not lose by six and a half. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of interesting things here. The Luca versus LeBron, the, the, the storyline that the NBA is just trying so hard to become a thing, the Luca being the next LeBron, the all that stuff. And then you have all the new faces on the Lakers trying to, you know, play another good team. You have the Mavs who've had a couple of uh, added, added a couple of te- people as well. It'll be an interesting game. Yeah. All right. Last game of the night. All right. The, Your uh, capper. The, uh, what is it? The nightcap? Is that what it's called? The nightcap? Yes. Yes. Uh, Clippers Nuggets. Um a rematch of the Western Conference final or the Western Conference semifinals. Yes. Semifinals? Western Conference yeah. semifinals. Yep. yep. Uh, they have the Clippers by one. Yes, they do. I So a part of me thinks that the Clippers like are going to come off this Lakers win and just like fiery hatred for the Nuggets and everything that they did to them and the embarrassment that they caused them. And the, like the Clippers going to just come out firing. But I think the Nuggets are going to be – a really, really good basketball team this year. I don't know if they have a whole ton of holes. I know that they lost guys like Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant. That being said, this one is in Denver and they got to deal with the altitude. I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I want to go with the Nuggets, but I do know that Jeremy Grant played such a big role for them defensively, especially guarding Kawhi, and they did not replace him with anyone that kind of even kind of rivals his length or like his defensive ability, especially on the ball. So I think Kawhi and Paul George come out angry. And I think that it's, it's going to be a close game for sure, but I, I, I don't know who they have that can guard Kawhi. That's totally fair. I thought the same thing during the playoffs last year. I know they got, I know they lost Jeremy Grant. I know that's a bit of a blow for them, but I, I got my money on the nuggies. <laughs> Go nuggies. Go All nuggies. right. Well, that was just a, a little, uh, welcome back to basketball. Everybody podcast basketball sports so excited for basketball season to be back buddy i am so pumped about us doing this podcast coming into this new season people keep listening to us keep following us on instagram and twitter we got all sorts of fun stuff coming at you absolutely well guys that's another one down we'll be back with you guys next time and uh have a happy holidays everybody have a happy holidays merry christmas buddy all right cheers cheers